You're listening to episode 31 of the Money Owners Podcast with me, Morgan Rochard. Money Owners is a podcast for people who want to be mentally and financially crushing it. This podcast does not provide investment advice and nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued to be investment advice. If you'd like more information on Money Owners Coaching, the podcast, the homework, and everything I have to offer, visit moneyowners.com. What is happening, my fellow money owners? It is December 30th (laughs) as I'm recording this. And I apologize. I am very late on this one. I uh, promised I'd get it out in two to three weeks and it's well past the three-week mark here. And I'm doing my best. Um, It's been a crazy December in my financial planning practice, which is the one that puts bread on the table. And um, (laughs) we are also in the process of moving to Austin, Texas. Our move date is coming up or it's right around the corner. So as I am doing this podcast, there are boxes everywhere. And um, yeah, there's just stuff everywhere. And we've been doing our best to like do the whole Marie Kondo thing where, you know, we go through all of our stuff and we throw it out. But like, honestly, I'm kind of at a point where I just don't even care. <laughs> like, let's just pack it and I'll deal with it when I get to Austin, Ugh, whatever. Um, but it has been good from the paper standpoint, um, which is something we discussed in one of our previous podcasts. I think it was... Um, I'm, I'm, I think it was Morganizing and I'm, I can't remember the date that we did it, but I think it might've been episode number eight where we went into how to handle your papers and stuff. And I'm actually, I'm starting to, um, really like this, um, this idea called the Sunday basket. Um, it's not good for me actually to do it on Sundays because on Sunday night when it rolls around and I'm like, okay, now I have time to look through all these papers and pay bills and do stuff. I actually find that Sunday night's a terrible time for me to do it. But the idea of the Sunday basket is basically that things come in throughout the week and you can't deal with them. So what do you do? You take all that stuff and you just put it in a folder and then Sunday night rolls around and you set aside, you know, half hour to two hours, depending on how much stuff rolled in that week. And you just take care of it. You just knock that stuff out. So me being like the ultra trying to organize around our household, I was like, okay, great. I'm going to get this Sunday basket. And <laughs> I um, started putting things in the folder, except that then I forgot to actually look in the folder because it wasn't on my desk anymore. Um, so you actually have to look in the folder. Um, and then the second thing I realized was that Sunday night's a terrible time for me to do it because you know a lot of this stuff actually has to be taken care of during daytime hours. So the Sunday basket is very quickly becoming the Thursday basket, the Thursday morning basket. <laughs> to be exact. But the thing that's really great about it, right, is that you take all your papers that you have to deal with on an urgent basis. One of the things that Marie Kondo talks about, which I actually like as well, is you have urgent papers and then you have um, your papers that you have to keep for a short period of time, like a tax return or... um, that's honestly the only one that comes to mind right now because I'm I'm in the midst of dealing with tax-related things for the December 31st deadline. Um, and then the papers you have to keep forever, like your birth certificate, your social security card, the deed to your house, the deed to your car, you know, the car title, things like that, right? There's stuff you have to keep forever. There's stuff you have to keep in the short term, which you could probably scan um, a lot of it and then delete the originals um, or shred the originals. And then there's the stuff that like comes in and you actually have to deal with in the relatively short term, the urgent items. So the Sunday basket or as I'm now calling it my Thursday morning basket is the urgent item stuff. And I really, I, I, um, I'm bringing this up because it really should be a goal for everybody in 2020 to have something like this. Um, you don't need to actually have a basket. Um, you don't even need to have a folder. You just need to have a system that works for you where you have a place in your home to put the things that come in that you need to deal with urgently. And then you set aside a time on a weekly basis to do it. I, 
I highly recommend this. Um, I've been practicing it for the last month or so, like very regularly. And it's been really good because like things just, you know, I just know that it's going to get taken care of. So I don't worry about when I'm taking care of things anymore. It's not not an added stressor for me. If I just know, Hey, it's on a list and I'm going to look at that list on Thursday morning, then I'm just going to deal with it on Thursday morning. And I don't need to waste any headspace dealing with it in the meantime. Um, that's not what this episode is actually (laughs) going to be about. So this episode, episode 31 is the wrap up of the four part series on business ownership. Um, so if you'll all recall, we started this back in episode 26 and we went through in episode 26, how to start a business. Episode 27 was all about what to do in the first year of your business. Episode 28 was all about years two and three, how to handle it, what to do. Um, and then we had a, a hiatus where we had a guest on about student loans in 29. And then we did our usual, um, Q and a for every five episodes, which is now going every 10 episodes. And this is going to wrap up the four part series. So today is all about owning a business in year four and beyond and what you should be thinking about and doing. So um, I'm going to hop out into that in just a minute. Um, but in the meantime, we do have a lot of other really cool topics on deck and I'm hoping to have another guest on the podcast about some really interesting topics. So um, I will keep you all posted about that. In the meantime, though, if you do have questions, um, just because we're not doing them as frequently doesn't mean you shouldn't submit them. So keep going to moneyowners.com forward slash ask Morgan with an E or find me on Twitter. You can find me at Morgan with an E Rochard or at money underscore owners, DM me a question anytime. Um, and you know what, like if it's really urgent, I'm happy to just answer it on the spot. I don't need, you don't need to like wait for a podcast to come out in a half a year from now. So just keep that in mind. And, um, yeah, we'll hop into owning a business in years four and beyond. So if you are a business owner and your business is now four years old and or older, congratulations. Yeah. (laughs) You survived. Um, and I bet right now, right, you're relaxing by the pool, just sipping some margaritas, watching the cash roll in. Not. <laughs> Do you remember when not jokes were actually a thing? I know. It seems so long ago. I feel like I was in middle school. <laughs> Anyways, that's kind of the funny thing, though, about running a business, right? Um, I think now if you are in year four, um, and my business is actually, so Origin Wealth Advisors is now um, five and a half years old. Um, and, uh, money owners is coming up on about a year and a quarter now. It was born in September of 2018. So I, it's, it's funny. Like I, I definitely feel the difference between like the stages that my businesses are in. Um, but, um, like origins really interesting. Cause like it never stops. <laughs> it really never stops. It's so funny. It's like, I, you, you, I remember when I first opened my business, I just thought, oh, well, if I could just get to this point, then, you know, things will feel a little bit easier. If I could just get past year one, things will feel good. If I could just get past year two, you know, year two is supposed to be the hardest, then, you know, I'll just be cruising in year three. Um, and then I remember when I got to year four, um, like we were firing on all cylinders. I had a really young son at home. Um, and, I just, it was like everything was even crazier than I ever could have imagined because I had done everything right to get myself to a place where I can even be in year four. Um, and that's kind of the thing about running a business is that kind of the more you're around, the older you are, um, the more it just keeps going. Um, and that's good news, actually. I, I thought it was for me too. When I when I really sat down and I thought about it, I was like, it couldn't be any other way. This is the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to feel hard um, because like I did everything I was supposed to do to get the clients that I needed to get my business in the place that it's supposed to be to have the employees that I needed to have and all of that stuff. So we're going to go into that um, and why that tends to be. But I mean, it's really, when you think about it though, 
there's a different set of challenges um, for an employer, a business owner versus being an employee. So um, when I think back to the days, I mean, it's a really long time ago now when I used to go to work. <laughs> I don't really consider what I do now like going to work anymore. But like when I physically went to a building every single day and, you know, went up the elevator and sat at my desk and did all the things that people do as an employee during the day, um, there were different challenges. I definitely, I dreaded Sunday night um, and I dreaded Monday morning for sure. And I answered to a bunch of different bosses because I worked at UBS. So it's not just, you don't just have one boss um, at these large corporations. You tend to have three to five, um, <laughs> which is always fun because they all have different things that they want you to do or need you to do. And they don't necessarily talk to each other about what they should, what you should be doing. Um, or at least that's what I found when I worked there. Um, and I hope it's different for everybody who works for an employer, but that was kind of the case that one of these large organizations, you just, you, you get kind of caught up and all of the bureaucratic stuff that's going on all the time. And it, there's for sure a different set of challenges. But with when I came home, though, at the end of the day, I wasn't working anymore, which was kind of nice. So I remember when I would leave work, I would go do whatever I wanted after work because I didn't have to do work anymore. Um, and a lot of what I did in my 20s was studying. <laughs> so so it wasn't like I was, you know, just like doing whatever. Um, I was getting, you know, other designations. I got my CFA during that time period. Um, I studied for all sorts of exams. I got all sorts of series licenses while I was working for these large companies. Um, so there's a lot of studying for sure going on, but that wasn't all, right? There was also fun. Like I got to go the gym all the time. I lived around the corner from a beautiful gym in Manhattan, which was the best. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I feel like when I, when I weigh them up though, for sure, I love my life now more than I did then. I was actually deeply, when I look back at it, I think I was deeply depressed working at this place. Um, and I love that I kind of get to, I get to make my schedule now. I get to come and go as I please. Um, I take client calls for the most part when I want to take them. That's not always the case, right? Like I, I generally like want to accommodate my clients because I like them and I want them to be happy and I, and I want to make sure that I'm, I'm serving them as best as I can. So it doesn't mean that I always take calls and meetings exactly when I want to take them, but for the most part I do, right? Like there are certain days that are off limits and that's what's really great about that. But the work never stops. Um, that's, that's because there's no, like, I'm, I don't physically go to an office and then come home and leave my work behind. And I think that you could, as a business owner, set that up, but I don't think that that necessarily happens. Even if you are a business owner who has a, an office that you physically go to, I think that you end up inevitably thinking about your business more often than you would if you were just an employee working for an employer. Um, and I think it, it depends on how high up you are in the company for sure. <laughs> um, but, uh, where I was in the company that, that was certainly the case. Um, and I think the other thing that I've found to be really interesting is that um, businesses in general, they do tend to reinvent themselves every 9 to 12 months to stay relevant. And that was certainly the case for me. Um, my business, I, I always thought it was going to be the same thing. Um, I always thought Origin would just be what it was. Um, but that's not what happened. <laughs> in fact, so um, Origin Wealth Advisors started as really an investment manager, um, kind of a wannabe hedge fund, really, if, if I'm going to be frank about it. Um, and it's evolved into a financial planning practice. And further than that, really, because I mean, I'm now into financial life planning, which is like the antithesis, I think, of just like pure investment management, because it's really taking like putting the personal in personal finance. It's putting the person first and acknowledging that behind every single financial decision is a person making that decision. Um, and there, there was, there's no, there was no shortcut of getting here. Um, 
And I think that if you're in year four and beyond of your business and you look back on it, you'll probably see that that was a pattern for you as well and that it's going to be a pattern going forward. So it doesn't mean that just because you got to year four in your business that you no longer have to evolve as a business. No, in fact, it means even more so that you do, um, that you need to just keep you know, seeing what would will keep you relevant, what will keep you, um, you know, on the cusp of the the best technology for your clients, if that's something that you you offer to them. Um, if you know what's going to keep your services being cutting edge, what's going to keep your product being cutting edge. Um, and it's even happened in money owners. I mean, uh, money owners is now also doing financial life planning, and it was it started as a coaching practice, and it will continue to be a coaching practice, but from a life, with a life planning spin to it, which means basically that clients will go through the um, the process of exploration, vision, and obstacles, um, and it won't be a standard financial coaching engagement where you just kind of talk to me every single week for you know nine weeks to 12 weeks. And then, you know, hopefully all of your financial problems are solved. That's, <laughs> that was originally the idea. So something as new as money owners has even already gone through an evolution. So, um, I think that that's just something to think about as your business has evolved and as you evolve as a person, right? Because we're always changing as people too, right? Like something that's really important to you. I don't know, something that was important to you in 2017 might not be important to you now. Um, and that wasn't even that long ago. <laughs> So I think it's just important to be thinking about that because your business ends up being a reflection of who you are in general as a person. So, um, and you're going to keep changing because you're going to be presented with new things that happen in the world. You're going to be, you know, presented with life changes and those aspects of your life are going to influence how you run your business and how you interact with your clients or even how you deliver a product because, that's just the way life is. Um, and I think acknowledging it and accepting it is the best way to to be open to the idea that your business can evolve and also to be ready to do those things when when the time comes. And to add to that, I would say like, you know, sexy things, sexy ideas are really exciting, but they're generally not profitable. <laughs> So what do I mean by that? I'm actually going to use um, one of my husband's jobs as an example. He, he worked for this company called BitPay a long time ago. And um, I specifically remember this because I remember just laughing he, when he came home one day and he said that um, the engineers are tired of working on the core product and that they wanted to work on all of these little you know side projects. But the so I guess I should also add BitPay is like a... Um, Right, they're a payment processor. Um, so they're like the um, the Bitcoin version of Stripe, you know? So they the core developers, they didn't want to work on the Stripe aspect of the product anymore. They, <laughs> they wanted to like add all these other features and do all these other things. Um, except that like none of that stuff was profitable, right? The, the core product of, you know, charging a fee for um, allowing merchants to accept Bitcoin was the was the thing that was making the company money. Um, and this is something to keep in mind when you're running your business as well. So yeah, it's like super exciting to like add all these sexy, innovative things to your business, right? But like, are they profitable? And that's something that you, like when, I think when businesses get older, they start to, you know, you get distracted a little bit because as human beings, it's really hard for us to stick to one thing for a long period of time. And I just said that your business is going to evolve every nine to 12 months ever anyways. So, you know, why not dabble a little bit here and do a little bit of there? you know? Um, but it's important to like evaluate whether or not it financially makes sense to be doing that and to look at the numbers and to see what, like what part of your business is actually putting the bread on the table, so to speak. Um, and that's the part of your business that it doesn't, 
when I say evolve, it doesn't need to like do a 180 change. Um, it just needs to stay relevant, stay cutting edge, be the product that people still want to buy, be the service that people still want and need. Um, so that's what I mean by that. So like throw sexy out the window and, you know, do tried and true and it might not be profitable or exciting, but it might work really well for you. Um, and then save the exciting things for like, you know, other aspects of your life. Like why does your business have to be the most exciting thing that you do? Um, I tend to actually think that my business is one of the most exciting things I do. <laughs> so maybe you're in the wrong business. I don't know necessarily, but it doesn't mean that like every little day-to-day task I like, you know? Um, so yeah, just things to consider. And I think one of the things I hear all, so often about why, they, why oh, oh, I wanted to start a business because, you know, I don't want to have a boss. Um, and if you quit your job because you don't want to have a boss, you, I mean, I don't know why you think you weren't going to have a boss if you quit your job and started a business. Um, I have a bunch of clients and they're all my boss, right? They all give me advice on what they need, essentially. Um, and they all give me to-dos. Um, and that's the way it's supposed to be. It doesn't mean that just because you run your own business that you're not going to be answering to anyone anymore. Um, and I think the more I'm in business, the more I realize that. And, and for sure, I think it's one of the enticing things about starting a business. Um, but as you're, as you kind of evolve and grow into more of an adult, I guess, relationship with your business, I don't know how else to put that, um, that you see that that's just not how it is. I think it's like a real innocent childhood message to think, I don't want no boss, you know, <laughs> nobody's the boss of me. Um, but you know, that's just not the way the world works. Um, there's a reality that we live in and, um, and I think it's good, actually, because it keeps us accountable and it keeps us offering the service or product that people really want and need. And yeah, so I would say the other thing is like at, in year four, you're probably at a point in your business where you need help in order to either grow or have a lifestyle practice. So that's definitely something that happened with Origin. Um, in year four, it, it became very obvious that I needed to um, either you know, tilt the earth so that there were more hours in the day, <laughs> um, or, um, hire. And I decided to hire, I hired a part-time uh, virtual assistant and a part-time financial planning associate. Um, my financial planning associate is actually coming on full-time in 2020, which is really exciting. And, um, I think like it's super important to be thinking about that stuff in year four because you become extremely time strapped. So one of the things that we've talked about in other podcasts um, related to the business ownership series is that you're always, you're, it's this balance between resource and resources and time strapped. And um, you become, I found I became very much more time strapped in year four than I had in any other year. Um, and that the resources were more available to me because of the work that I had done. So that doesn't mean that it was like, you know, raining glitter all the time, but, um, it was definitely better in year four than it had been in any other year. Um, and now going into year five, I feel that way even more. Um, but that's kind of the point is like, I, I knew I needed help and, knowing that you need help also needs to be combined with the fact that you need to have processes in place. So if you're one of these business owners where you've kept everything in your head up to this point and, you know, you can basically run your business, um, without even thinking about it anymore because it's a habit, but then you go and hire somebody and then you're like, what the heck are they doing? They're not like doing what I want them to do. And yeah, you know what? The problem is you because <laughs> you didn't put any processes in, in place. Um, and I say that from experience because that, that was me for sure. Um, for three years of my business were pretty much all run in my head. 
Um, and any notes I had were compliance related notes. They weren't about processes because I knew how to do everything. And what do I need a process for? It's just going to weigh me down. Um, but yeah, now we have processes in place. Um, and it makes sense to have them in place. And it also saves time, honestly, for me too, because I have so many more things going on in my business now that I can't actually keep it all in my head. So um, we talked about this a little bit in some of your other, in some of the other business ownership series podcast, but um, the processes are super important to get in place and to be constantly refining because um, as you add uh, employees or part-time employees or whoever you add to come and help you, consultants, um, a, like they might leave and you need to have a process in place, but B, like the process sometimes changes when you have other people working, right? Because you're not doing all of the things. And sometimes the steps change as well. And everyone kind of, everyone needs to be in the loop about all this stuff. And it really helps to have standard operating procedures on file. And then to even have workflows where people can check in and see what they need to do on the regular. I highly recommend that. And that's been super helpful for my business. All right. So... Year four, you're probably realizing what the secret sauce is to running a good business. Do you want me to tell you or can you, do you want to think about it? (laughs) Here, hit pause and then think. (laughs) No, the secret sauce is doing a good job, which I know that sounds super cliche, but delivering a superior product or offering amazing customer service, that's what will make your business successful. That's what will keep it around in 5, 10, or 15 years from now, or 20 years, or however long you want your business to last. Um, You just have to be really good at what you do. And when you're really good at what you do, people recognize it, and they send other people to either buy your product or your service. Um, That's really it in a nutshell. Um, And that's, I mean, that's how I've found Origin to be successful is I've done a good job for people, and they've acknowledged that, and they've sent other people. And granted... um, Right, like the financial planning business is very different maybe than other businesses where you're selling your services for a a lower price um, and you have to have more clients and maybe you have to do more online marketing or all that stuff. And this isn't a marketing podcast, so I'm not going to give you advice about that. But still, same thing. You still have to do a good job. You have to deliver on what you say you're going to deliver on. So you can't have this grand marketing scheme and then not deliver because you'll only have that person be a one-time client. They're never going to come back. So... If you have a good product and a good or a good service, people are going to want to use your service. And that's what's going to keep your business going. And that's what's going to keep it going forever. And so that kind of brings me to the last point I wanted to make about business ownership, which is what do you want to be remembered for? I think about this quite a bit, actually. And I, um, particularly for Origin, I always come back to wanting to make a difference in my clients' lives. That's why Origin Wealth Advisor exists. Um, and Origin is really also there like how I want to be remembered is that it's not just about the bottom line. It's about a double bottom line. Um, and the double bottom line for me is making sure that, um, the people who work for me are well taken care of and they enjoy working there, um, and that they learn something and that the clients who we provide services for, they truly have a change in their lives as a result of it. And that's what Origin is all about, transformation. And yeah, it doesn't mean that Origin Wealth Advisors is going to touch millions of lives. No, it's not. (laughs) We only have capacity for a certain number of clients. We're actually a scarce resource to the world and not vice versa, right? Um, And that's something we've talked about for sure on this podcast. But um, that's what I want to be remembered for. I want to be remembered for really helping people change their financial lives. Um, And that's actually why Money Owners is around too, because Money Owners gives me an opportunity to do the same thing, um, to do the same thing for all of you who are listening, who, um, can even take a single nugget out of this podcast away and make a change in your life. That would, that would just 
be the mean the world to me. Really, it would. Um, and I think like then the second thing would be you know making a difference in the industry itself. Um, but I don't know if I have big enough of a head to do that. <laughs> Um, I do believe though, that if there are financial planners like me out there who are doing the right thing by their clients, who are fee only, who are, um, really trying to make a difference in their clients' lives, that the world of financial services will be a better place. Um, I do believe that. So I think when you have a mission for your business and what you, who you really want to be in your business and what you want to be remembered for, just those are some things to consider while you're, you know, forging your path. Um, and things that you actually have time to consider when you're in years four and beyond, because your business made it. Um, your business is finally in a place where you can be thinking about, you know, the greater mission rather than just the minor mission or the mini mish of getting the business running. So that's all I have for you this week in Money Owners. Um, we'll have some other non-business related topics coming up. And um, as always, um, I appreciate y'all listening. Um, wishing you a very, very happy and healthy 2020. Um, and I know it's going to be a great year for you. I really do. If you like the show, leave a review. Give me five stars. Tell a friend. Um, if you have any questions... You can always find me on Twitter at Morgan with an E Rochard or at money underscore owners. If you'd like to work with me, go to the website, moneyowners.com. And there's a little calendar invite in there. You can schedule a 30 minute, you know, mini session with me and see if we'd be a good fit. And that's all. See y'all in 2020.